Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! And we have got another great episode for you. It is Paige's week. Yup. And uh, it's... <laughs> I'm back on my space bullshit. It's a lot of fun. I, I'd say uh, you're definitely going to enjoy this one if you've liked any other episode that we've ever done <laughs> ever. Uh, but before we jump into it, we have got some news and reviews. <laughs> the first important piece of news is that we have a live show coming up. Live show. Uh, we're going to be returning to Panic Fest in Kansas City. That will be on January 25th at uh, 2.45 p.m. That's it's correct. It's Saturday. It is. It's pretty early. We'll be doing comedy uh, before and after, before meeting on Friday and then after meeting on Saturday night. Uh, more information can be found at cultpodcastshow.com. Tickets are $10 eight if you have a festival pass. I highly recommend getting your tickets as soon as possible. Yeah, because they are selling very, very fast. Yes. Uh, secondly, we have a Patreon. For more information on that, go to patreon.com slash cultpodcast. And before we jump into this episode, I'd like to read another five-star review. Oh. This one comes to us from Becca Bilyeu, and she says, I'd like to thank not only God, but Jesus for this pod. <laughs> I'm a big true crime fan, and this podcast is up there with Last Pod and MFM. I appreciate the content being reliable and well-researched, but also really enjoy the hilarious delivery. Aww, My days you. as a stay-at-home mom to a baby are long and boring, but having this podcast around makes it not so bad. Keep up the great work, XOXO. I hope that your baby grows up to become one of the best... True crime podcast. No, not true crime. What is murderers? The, no, not murderers. The other thing where they catch murderers. Detectives. Yes. <laughs> I hope that your baby grows up to become a world class detective who can always appreciate a good dick joke. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Or at the very least, a pretty good murderer. Anyway, um,. <laughs> This episode's great. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we love you so much. I think without any further ado, let's get into the show. Hello. 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 Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these, these are, are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! And it's my week again! Yes! Because while we were doing the episodes last week, someone brought to our attention this group, and it involves cats and that <laughs> souls. Yeah, a that's plus. all it takes to Meow. get Paige interested in something. It also required me to watch a documentary that made me very angry, and I will talk about it at length. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. love terrible documentaries. Well, here's my Clearly. frustration. <laughs> it's one thing. If it's a YouTube documentary made by someone who has just like a giant chart of pictures and red twine in their garage. Mm -hmm. And also a meth problem. <laughs> and also a meth problem. 
It's completely another thing when it's A&E making a shit documentary. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen the History Channel in heavy quotation it's marks. It's exactly that level of research. Are mermaids real? Only science can tell us this, with these horrible CGI <laughs> fucking this, facts, quote unquote. This documentary does the same kind of thing that fucking Curse of Oak Island does all the time, and I love Curse of Oak Island, but every Curse of Oak Island episode is like, hey, we're digging, we haven't found anything, oh, we found a thing, let's have it tested. It's clearly from the Knights Templar, and then they'll test it, and they'll be like, this is a piece of tree bark, and they'll just be like, <laughs> damn it, and then at the end, it'll be like, I can't believe the Templars were here, and you're like, they weren't, they fucking weren't, you even said they weren't. In my professional opinion, this is true. Oh, hold on. I'm getting a tick. Mm, I got to go be a professional on Pawn Stars. I'll be right back. <laughs> well, and they go to like real labs and they've like recently found stuff, but they are in some earlier episodes went to that lab and were like, it's human bone. And they were like, this is a deer. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's shit like that. It's and human bone. Sir, these are Legos. <laughs> yeah. And this this documentary does the same. Where if you are a true crime nerd and you're super into the John Bonet Ramsey case, mm -hmm. this documentary is infuriating. <laughs> because here's the thing: I am a nerd, true crime nerd, not super into John Bonet Ramsey's case. But in watching this documentary, I'm like, they're completely ignored. Like, there's other evidence. Like, there's a proven theory that's like not this. Yeah. They're just ignoring. And then they go to talk to John Ramsey, who lost a child. And it's really offensive that they keep doing this, but they're just like, we found this and this and this. And he's like, well, I think we should investigate that. That's the whole thing he says in the whole documentary. He's just like, well, yeah, maybe investigate that. It'd be cool <laughs> if you could investigate that. I think maybe that has legs. I don't know. He just agrees with everything because he just wants to know. Like, yeah. he just wants closure. And then the documentary takes that as like, see, even he believes it. And I'm like, he just wants to know what happened to his daughter. Like, you, you callous assholes. So, so. Mr. Ben <laughs> Mr. Ramsey, we found uh, this evidence that might link your something to your daughter's murder. But also, do you think this piece of wood was from the Knights Templar? <laughs> I mean, it's not far off because... Science. Yes, because like they try to link this cult group that we're going to cover today mm. to John JonBenet Ramsey. It doesn't fucking work. I will go through it. Anyway. X plus purple equals John JonBenet Ramsey's murder. The most frustrating part for me is that like... Well, okay, first of all, they like tell John... Ramsey, they're like, it could be this, this, and this. And then they show him pictures. They're like, do you recognize these people? He claims to be an alien. And he's just like, I mean, that would be weird, but no, because it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, oh. He's just sitting Ugh. there like, first of all, this is very upsetting. My child is dead. Second yes. of all, these are all pictures of Legos. What is wrong with <laughs> you? Wrong with you? I, I don't think the Knights Templars killed my daughter. It was clearly... <laughs> Gordon Ramsay. Exactly. Who cooked her? Um, he cooked and ate her. Hell's Kitchen. All of the night. <laughs> Helly Burton. Helly Kitchen. Wait, um, Helly Burton. Oh, because there's because cat. it's a cat. Oh, <laughs> cats are going to be important. Very later. good. I would like 
very quickly before we begin, I would like to suggest, and this, I can't believe I get to say this is the second time I've tried to pitch a show to A&E. <laughs> is it the second time show. or the 600th time? Yeah, I guess in the first episode we did that, we did come up with a lot of shows. <laughs> so <laughs> many like shows. Dozen at minimum. Um, I would like to suggest a new <laughs> documentary that researches the death of John Benet Ramsey. But here's the thing. Budgets are tight. There's not a lot of time. So what is Annie supposed to do? Use the cast from its other shows. Here's what I'm <laughs> suggesting. An Annie documentary finding the killer of John Benet Ramsey starring Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> and with help from the Ghost Hunters. <laughs> So they contact, this is the plot I'm seeing, is they contact John Benet Ramsey's ghost, yeah. and then they use Dog the Bounty Hunter to, just, to hunt down her killer. To just beat up whoever, they're just like, yeah, I think the ghost is pointing us in that direction, and yeah. the dog's like, okay, kick ass! <laughs> because I'm gonna kick some ghost ass, <laughs> what? Any, anytime on Ghost Hunters, whenever they quote unquote contact a ghost, they're like, well, the ball rolled in this direction. <laughs> so like... Try solving a case that way. It'd be like, John Bonet, can you knock twice if you think that your murder was the result of a weird sex cult? <laughs> okay, can you be more specific? Like, it's just not a thing. Actually, Follow the balls, Hallie Purton. Hallie Balls. Hallie Balls. There's a lot of shows that you could conceivably put both of them together and they would make a better documentary. <laughs> Off of the top of my head, uh, to find the killer of John Benet Ramsey, we could combine the show Cold Case Files and Storage Wars. I feel like... <laughs> To, to find, oh, oh my, my god. god, to find to find the killer of John Vinay Ramsey, we could combine the shows Crime 360 and Chris Angel Mind Freak. <laughs> and I feel like it would be a better documentary. Why are there I think s- they broke through this basement window by levitating. <laughs> Why are there so many tight pants and so much eyeliner in this documentary about finding this missing child? <laughs> it's like 10% John Bonet Ramsey's eyeliner, 90% Chris Angel's <laughs> eyeliner. Also, I don't know if you guys know this or not. This is the last part, I swear. And the bangs um, from Panic at the Disco. <laughs> I just... Uh, I just got back from performing at a casino in New Mexico, and uh, while I was there, they the biggest advertisement that they had in every elevator was promoting Chris Angel Raw is the name of his new oh, live no. show, and he just paint. You guys know uh, what's it called? The Sting or the 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 Crow or the whatever? Crow, the yeah. Crow. That's what it is. Yeah. He paints his face in the Crow's makeup now, and he's just bald and playing casinos in New Mexico and raw dogging bitches every just, night just Dude. doing raw man where he's like was this your card and she's like I guess and he's like I didn't wear a condom last night <laughs> <laughs> so is this your baby <laughs> so anyway at so, the end of every hookup he goes was that a magical experience uh, and I'm gone <laughs> yeah I'm just thinking she's like I, it's yours and I really need some child support and he's just like I'm gonna make me disappear <laughs> He just throws smoke powder and it's still him. His dick so long he keeps it up one of his sleeves. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god! After he's just pulling tissues out, Chris Angel, we're gonna clean yourself up. Mind freak and also regular freak, apparently. Just, just fucking all around freak. Freaking the sheets in his sleeves. Freaking the sheets. Freaking the mind. Freaking the sleeves. That's my favorite. Freaking the sleeves. Okay. All right. So you watched a documentary. YouTube in the streets. Uh, this cult is called BDX Beta Dominion Xenophile. And we'll get to that okay. in a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we have a few different sources. One of my biggest frustrations with the documentary is if they had just, they interviewed the people that wrote some of our sources and at no point did they like, oh, yeah, this disproves the case. Like, ugh, ugh, I'll, the documentary is going to be the last half of this episode. Mm-hmm. And me pointing out why it's wrong, but also pointing out how they may have accidentally solved the case and just completely ignored it through the episode. So our first source, uh, two sources, are articles from the Baltimore Sun. Both of them were written by Dan Esperman, um, usually with a co-writer or a co-editor. Then we've got a New York Times article, uh, Field Test, Making Dumbbells a Trifle Smarter by Barbara Lloyd. Then we've got an eBay entry for rare 90s vintage strong put non-grip technology hand weight dumbbells, five pound set for $35. I want to see where this is going. Oh, you will. Uh, we've also then got the book, Strong Put, The Strong Put Workout System, Gain Without Pain, New Technology Breaks a Century-Old Exercise Barrier by Scott Carruthers. And we have reviews for that book from Amazon. They are the best reviews I've ever found, ever. Hell yeah. Like, I was expecting someone to be like, this is bullshit. The reviews are so much wilder. <laughs> they're, they're better than the Shen Yun reviews. Oh, I can't wait. God. Like, it's so crazy. Anytime you get involved with this, like, occult or cult-oriented shit, you always get these just, just buck-wild Amazon <laughs> it's reviews. It's so good. It's my favorite thing to pull. I, I feel like every time Paige covers a cult, it's kind of like when you're in fifth grade and someone's like, okay, you have a carrot, you have Two dollars, a paper clip, and twenty pennies. What is this cult? <laughs> because you just like lay out these random items at the beginning of each episode through your sources, and then you're like, "It's all gonna come together, baby." <laughs> I've cured cancer, and it's like, "What is happening?" What fucking school did you go to where that was apparently a thing you were doing? They made us do all these weird like. Welcome to the MacGyver School of Second Grade. Here's a bunch of shit. Now figure. It is. They were like, they're like, okay, you guys are like the smart kids, quote unquote, but this is problem solving. How do you make a submarine out of these paper clips? And we'd all just be like, what the fuck is this? Can't I just learn tricky vocab words? Like, what is going on? You were in a cult. (laughs) Oh, I was gifted and talented. Did you go to the same school as Tulsi Gabbard? Because it's starting to sound like it. The gifted and talented part just sounds like love bombing. It just sounds like they were like, yeah, you're gifted and talented. Oh, I was also gifted and talented, but I don't remember this at all. No, it was just like a weird... I think it was... I think they were running experiments on us, and they were just like... (laughs) 
gifted and talented. So we're trying to make a Manchurian candidate. We have a carrot. (laughs) What happens? Kids that know how to make submarines. What happens if you bring a group of fifth grade children to Phantom of the Opera when everyone else in their grade gets to go to the zoo? Go. Cats. (laughs) I was in the gifted and educated. Wait, what was it? It was Gate. Gifted and Talented Education. I think it was what Does they Scientology called Scientology know? <laughs> God, I hope not. They didn't give us they didn't give us any of that shit though in what I did. They only just taught us how to use Microsoft PowerPoint because they were like, You have no fucking idea how useful this is gonna be. And we were elementary school students like, Okay, for sure. And that's it. That's all they taught us. They didn't take us to Phantom of the Opera. They were like, just fucking learn PowerPoint. And we were like, What about Word? And they was like, It's not important. Power point i'm not even kidding it's, that's all we learned but that, okay but like they probably did you a, a service there oh they did great i was i fucking did you see that powerpoint i made for the live show last yes they did <laughs> oh my god if you could just screenshot a clip of that moment of you doing a powerpoint with a joke about scooby the doo or scooby, scooby the doo <laughs> coming to a and e Scooby the Doo. Oh, Scooby the Doo sounds like a juggalo name. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, 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 go down to the drug bridge and buy some ecstasy from Scooby the Doo. He's the one with the dog clown makeup. He's always wearing a collar. <laughs> and he has a van. Scooby the Doo, there's been a murder, and the only things we have to solve it are a can of Fago, <laughs> a string, and lots of drugs. <laughs> and also Tech Nine is here for some reason. <laughs> Oh, that makes it easier. Tech Nine did it. <laughs> That's an inside gathering of the juggalo joke. All right. Okay. So our final source. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. <laughs> That's all good. Can you believe they called us all smart at one I point? I can't in believe history? it. I paint pictures and regularly forget how to say words. I don't know why anyone thought I was smart. Uh, so our final source is. From A&E, Hunting mm-hmm. JonBenet's Killer, The Untold Story. <laughs> and the reason it's fucking untold is because all of their theories are false. Oh you mean God. fabricated story? <laughs> Pretty much. So, before we dive into this documentary, we need to learn about the cult that they're going to allegedly accuse of killing JonBenet, who definitely didn't kill JonBenet. Uh, and we need to learn about their leader. So, Scott Carruthers was born Arthur Brooke Crothers. Okay. okay so he changed it He a changes his name a lot. But Carruthers is a real name. Carruthers is a real name, and Crothers, so it's he spells it C-A-R-U-T-H-E-R-S. But he was born Arthur Brooke C-R-O-T-H-E-R-S. Okay. Now, the Brooke part of his name becomes important when we get to John Bonet because it's one of the one pieces they have of quote-unquote evidence that they viewed in one way but I think could easily be viewed in another way that could lead to somebody who might have actually hmm. committed a crime. Interesting. Just saying. Um, he was born in Anne Arundel County in 1946. That's not real. Yeah. That's... It, it is a real guy. <laughs> it's okay. definitely real. Uh, he's changed his name multiple times, but his middle name, as I mentioned, will be important later. He does keep the Brooke part for some reason. Okay. And occasionally changes that and also occasionally adds Truth as one of his middle names. What the fuck? Okay. Truth is my middle name. Is he a wrestler? What is this? I mean, for somebody obsessed with Truth, he lies a lot. 
that, God. which I find to be the case most of the time when we talk about somebody who leads a group like this, is that like they are obsessed with truth while not providing much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he grew up in Anne Arundel, uh, Anne Arundel County, where he was the youngest of three boys who had to all share one bedroom. Wow. I don't want to know. Like, Wait, with his parents? No. I think it was just the t- the boys in one bedroom, parents oh, in another. So like okay. hella bunk beds. Hella bunk beds, socks that you could crack in half. Just like, <laughs> just the most disgusting room you've ever seen, I would imagine. It just, it just smells so bad. Just like the dormiest of dorms. Dude. It's because at that point when you have two brothers... Then it, 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 especially because of how they have to be like structured out in terms of age, unless they're all twins, it just means that when one finally learns uh, how to clean themselves, the other one is just getting stinkier. That room will never be clean again. Yeah, they're they're a few years apart, a couple oh, years apart. God. Also, teenage boy stank is like that's what I'm saying. Pungent. Yeah, yeah. man. It, it reminded me of, I don't know if either of you guys have watched Big Mouth, mm-hmm. but Jason Manzoukas' character, yeah. who has the two older brothers that yeah. are ridiculous yeah, and maybe impregnated a pillow. <laughs> yeah, that whole subplot is very disturbing. <laughs> so strange. <laughs> Makes uh, a lot of sense, though, if you've been a teenage boy. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Have, Why are you guys have, looking at me? Haven't been. Uh, haven't How done many that. pillow I, babies do you have? I just close my eyes and think of PowerPoint, baby. <laughs> No. <laughs> um, their mom, the only name we have for her is Doll. Okay. Uh, because that's what his father called her, which is... He it, doesn't know his mother's own name? I'm sure he does, but the only references we have to her is Doll, which also could be her real name. Yeah. We don't know. Dolly Madison is... Dolly Parton. The pers- Dolly Parton. That's mm. not her real name. Dolly but, Lama. You know. <laughs> Dolly Lama. <laughs> Little did you know, his mom <laughs> is the next Dalai Lama. Uh, <laughs> she's dead. Uh, it's, it's, she's not the next. So are the Dalai Lamas. <laughs> That's like their whole thing. But they're like one spirit in one body. Mm. Anyway, except for that one that was <laughs> that was Uriel. Anyway. This is like a small aside. Would you guys ever notice that spirits inhabiting Dollies is the story of the Dalai Lama and Chucky? At the same time. And Annabelle. And Annabelle. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It could either be good and spiritual or it can be terrifying and a money grab. And and responsible for most of Jennifer Tilly's career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, fam- I family guy her. was there for a while. I love her. She's uh, great. Anyway, so uh, he refers to his mom as doll because that's what his father called her. Mm-hmm. And she reportedly always had cats. Sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes up to 20 at a time. <laughs> Meow. That's, that's, I love cats. That's a lot of cats. You don't understand. It's not a choice. They just show up. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, 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 meow. Oh my God. Um, Honestly, I could see just cats walking out of the horrible stank that is three boys in a one bedroom <laughs> and be like i know we're cats but this is a lot yeah. like your room smells worse than our litter box and you're <laughs> not even shitting here <laughs> no i mean they just appear like it used to be a cum sock and now it's a tabby you know what i mean like, 
<laughs> just grew legs. Yeah, they're but so human gross. hands and human feet. Their biome oh, is just no. creating life. <laughs> they figured out God. Okay, I'm trying to think of like, what if you jizzed on a can of Fancy Feast with that create a cat? <laughs> yes, it's a but that but it, that's not science. That's an ancient dark ritual. <laughs> oh. oh God. So uh, Scott, at that point, known as Art, because that was his birth name, mm-hmm. uh, didn't get along super well with his dad. Hmm. Um, his brother Joe has said in uh, the Baltimore Sun articles that it was a test of wills. His dad wasn't named Will, right? No. Oh, okay. His dad was named Scott, right? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. His name would later become Scott. His name now is Art. The reason his name becomes Scott is bonkers. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> reportedly, he was super smart. Uh, even as a kid, he tested allegedly at 138 for his IQ. But did nice. they teach him PowerPoint? <laughs> dumb piece of shit. Uh, 138 is super high as it's far as IQ tests. Two points go. Yeah. away from genius, baby. Yes, it is. Also, uh, I'm sorry that I was making bits this whole time. Oh, what? Oh, a what? Around what time period is this? This is the late 50s, early 60s. Perfect. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, you know, and, and the other thing we we know because we've talked about it multiple times on the show, IQ tests are stupid. Yes, yeah. they're not an accurate depiction of quote unquote intelligence because it can be very different for different people. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Thanks for understanding. I tested at 156 one time, <laughs> and I do bitch. this now. So, <laughs> well, also like I tested at like a three, and I'm here too. So. I don't- <laughs> I have no fucking exactly. idea. Exactly. Well, it also like anyone who has like dyslexia or whatever, right. there are a lot of really, really smart people that just like, sorry, reading is not my deal. If you gave me this test verbally, I would knock it out of the park. So yeah. it's very, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of like spatial intelligence that isn't even tested in IQ right. tests. They so. don't test for spatial. It's very, it's very reading comprehension based, but it's also very puzzle based. So if you just yeah. happen to be good at puzzles, you can score way higher and that's not necessarily an indicator of intelligence. Yeah. Or d- ability to get a job in the real world. Hey, we're here, it's, right? It's helping me <laughs> now in the real world, but it did not for a long time. Mm, mm. So uh, when Scott Carruthers, I'm just going to call him Scott because that's what he is known by for the bulk of the rest of the time sure. and doesn't seem to enjoy his previous names. That makes it easier for us. Yes. Yeah, thank uh, you. When Scott was 12, the family moved to Oak Court in Catonsville. Um, at that point, his older brothers were starting to go into high school and one of his older brothers had joined the Air Force. The other brother followed suit. So oh. both of his older brothers were in the Air Force. Later, he would begin to say that he was also in the Air Force, including having a uniform. But in reality, he had only served for a very brief point in time. He dropped out of high school after 10th grade and enlisted in the Army on his 17th birthday. But after only about a month, he was discharged. There are a couple varying explanations as why um his first wife says that he was discharged as unfit for military service um he says that the army gave him special tests before offering him a discharge pending like a special circumstances recall which 
is very strange. Is he trying to say he was too smart to fight in the army? I think he's more implying that they wanted to use him elsewhere. Uh, That's what happened to my uncle, actually. It does he occasionally was drafted. happen. <clears throat> my uncle was drafted in Vietnam, um, but he tested so high on some of the tests that they instead essentially like discharged him with the understanding that you would voluntarily rejoin, quote, unquote, and he wound up setting up communications for the president instead. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so that is a thing that happens. Um, when I did, you have to take the ASVAB in high school. I don't think so. What I don't remember. That? So we were in high school right af- after nine eleven. Yeah, when a lot of people were joining the army, and they needed a lot of people to join the army, but they hadn't reinstated the draft yet. Hmm. Kind of like what we're going through now. Oh yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, God, you ever been so happy to just be fucking horrifically out of shape? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, age-wise, you're draftable. I know, but just get in there and just kind of look at me and go like, no, 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 man. Come on. No, get out of here. Well, also, your your medical history would disqualify you. Yeah, dude. I'm fucking (laughs) just super sad. (laughs) I've never been happier to like look at the ages and be like, Jake and I are too fat and old. Like, yeah. Um, But at the time when we were in high school that was not the case and they tested our entire school for the armed services vocational battery Mm. which is basically a test of skills that would come in handy and i got a perfect score wow damn girl so they called me for years we're just like do you want to be a radiologist for the army and i'm like what what are you no stop (laughs) who is this what are you talking about I'm going to college. Mom? Uh, (laughs) Oh, at one point, my mom, I think, caught the phone and was like, don't call here again. Oh, damn. Um, Anyway, so. That's crazy. He's saying that what happened to your uncle happened to him. Yeah, but if he didn't actually rejoin and actually serve in a different way, then it fucking didn't, dude. There's also the fact that it could just be bullshit. Yes. Such bullshit. He claims that he ended up serving in the CIA instead. Mm. And at different times has claimed he was potentially an astronaut. No one who actually served in the CIA will tell you that they were in the CIA. Yes, exactly. That's the thing is it's like part of the whole deal is you don't say anything about it, dude. Well, we, we have a mutual friend who has served in some secret capacities with the army and does not say shit about it and you cannot get the information out of him. Oh, yeah. They just, they're really, I had a friend like that, uh, well, not a friend. I had a family friend who basically did something like that and it was really funny because like, I always thought maybe if you got him drunk enough or something, he would say something, but instead he just sits in the corner silently and just drinks, and you're like, oh, please don't tell me. Yeah. Whatever you know, I don't want Whatever it. Whatever darkness you're holding, keep it <laughs> yeah. inside forever. Our mutual friend at one point, I overheard him, and I was like, you speak Russian? <laughs> and he's just like, no, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And I was like, where'd you learn Russian? He's like, you know. Around. Like, <laughs> okay. That's not an answer. Yeah, I think that's it's only an answer of, you know, if you're in America and you learn like Spanish, basic Chinese, like Around. I think yeah, those are the only two where it's like, okay, yeah, that's that makes sense. So <laughs> we should probably start learning Russian pretty quickly. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that's the next PowerPoint. It would actually really help me at work. Yeah. Anyway, so so his first wife, mm-hmm. Kathleen. Man, these guys always get married. Oh, this dude was married like seven times. Jesus. God. We're, we're going to go through all of them right now. So uh, he and Kathleen began dating that next spring after he had joined the army and then left. So mm-hmm. 
She was 16. He was 17. They met at the prom, even though he had dropped out of school. Awkward. Yeah. Wait, Uh, was he just there? I think so. But I also think that proms used to be different. Okay. Because this is still the like late 50s, early 60s. Ah, okay. In my... My understanding of proms from this time is that it was mostly used for teenagers to stop bullies from taking advantage of their moms so that they stop <laughs> disappearing from family photos. And also for white people to teach black people how to play Johnny Be Good. Is, is that what we're going for? Exactly. I think it was more like a community thing where it's like you're this same age you yeah. would end up there. Well, it's... Also, kind of, in some ways, it's like a relic of like debutante yes. balls. Yeah, it, it, because women didn't go to college. Yes, so it was like this is your last chance to meet a good man who's your age, who's got this, you know, prosperity on the horizon. Make a baby. <laughs> yeah, prom has always kind of felt to me like a, one of those mass. Uh, yeah, like coming out balls, debutante balls, or totally. um, uh, uh, quinceañeras. You Twerking know, it, balls. Wait. <laughs> whoa, 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 hold on. What? That's I like what they the are ball, now. <laughs> I like the ball culture of Manhattan <laughs> Underground with voguing. That's the one I want to go to. I like the ball culture of uh, New York during New Year's Eve when it just drops. <laughs> I like the ball culture of my husband's pants. <laughs> Dude, it's I, mine. You can't have it. I was the worst prom date. My prom date bought me a corsage, and I was like, "This is itchy. Why did you do this?" <laughs> I did not understand. I was like, "Why do I have to wear this stupid dress? What's with the uh, like all the shit in my hair? I don't like any of this." That's how I know that we're made for each other because my mom will still right now. If you ask her about my like senior prom, she was like, yeah, Armando was dating somebody, but he chose to go to Coachella instead of going to prom. <laughs> and he never, and it's true, I never understood why everyone was like, that's a dumb thing. To, that's a mean thing that's to do. That's the most Californian thing I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, man. I'm not going to miss Coachella. Jeez. The tickets were affordable. And I, I don't know, it was like, I was like 18. It was my first time where I could just go and be like an adult. But yeah, I didn't understand why. I like why everyone was so mad at me. Uh, my school did not have a prom, but I had senior banquet. Mm. Room for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we <laughs> weren't allowed banquet, to dance. Senior banquet, save room for Jesus. <laughs> that... One time we had a magician. Oh, God. Oh, was that's... it Chris Angel Rock? <laughs> it was not. That's the opposite of an aphrodisiac. It, it, it was like close-up magic, and then at the end, like, the real magician is Christ. <laughs> <laughs> He was, though. (laughs) Motherfucker turned into wine. Water into wine, making doves, like, fucking... Fish and loaves? Yeah, dude. Do you think he was a Christian magician, or do you think they were like, so at the end, you have to bring God into it? No, he was a Christian magician. Oh, okay, good. Which there are a lot of. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's surprising. Um, Such an absurd subgroup. Especially (laughs) since, like, in the, as we've covered in the Bible, they're pretty adamant against magic. Well, yeah, because I think it's not real magic. It's, it's... Sleight of hand. Yeah, of course. It's lying. And it's, every dove yeah. is the Holy Spirit, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we said on the the witchcraft episode. It's just that uh, magic is just fancy lying. That's all yeah. it is. It's not real. 100%. Anyway, when you put the prom into this context yes. of like a mass debutante ball, mm-hmm. this makes a lot more sense that Homeboy was just Right, that he was just showing up. showing up. Maybe he was the Christian magician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... At the prom, uh, she says that he sweet-talked her by telling her he was from another planet. 
And that he was very convincing. And that he told her he told her he had his spaceship parked out on a hill just on the outskirts of town. You couldn't even valet, dude. Lie. You wanna go necking in my spaceship, Spaceship? maybe? And that he he proved it because he had like a glassy rock with like gold on it. It was like this is from a creature that was chasing me. That is a marble. That's a marble. Fucking crack, dude. You just have crack rock in I bought this in a museum gift shop, and now it's going to help me get laid. What is happening? They were married in the summer of 1963. Oh, my God. Wait, how old are they when they get married? Um, They're still... Children-ish? Yeah, it's like a year or two later. Like 17, 18? That's still yeah. too old to believe that a dude has a spaceship, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like... How... Wait, hold... Asking for a friend. How old is too old to, to believe in spa- <laughs> to believe your friend is a spaceship? Who's your friend? Elon Musk. I gotta make some calls. <laughs> um, and remember, this is 1963, so we haven't landed on the moon yet. Yeah, we are launching things into space, but there is like a, a general interest about space. So okay, wait. So in this in this in this in this lady's mind, the two people that own spaceships at this time, the three people that own spaceships at this time, Russians, monkeys. This guy. That's it. <laughs> That's who's going to space right now. And, and <laughs> Yeah. And Star Trek maybe a little bit. I guess, yeah. Here's the thing. If he could fly to space, why is he at your prom? Yeah. I know. But maybe that's part of it. Maybe she's like, all all the alien girls in the world, and he <laughs> settles down with me. You could have had Miss Purple Nun tits over there, and instead you chose me, a human from your own planet. From the town you were born in. Yeah. Well, I guess he moved there. Yeah, right? from space. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus fucking uh, Christ. Eight months later. They had a daughter named Fawn. Yikes. Okay. okay. Who unfortunately died when she was only four months old. Oh, oh that's really sad. That is really sad. Even for a shotgun wedding baby, that's yeah. upsetting. Uh, to see- Please, a space blaster wedding. <laughs> Respect <laughs> his culture. Blaster? I hardly know her. <laughs> and he still Yay. did. Because eight months later, they had a baby. Anyway. Um, to save money, they moved back in with his parents, uh, but his dad had a heart attack very soon after. Jesus. How many How many times do you think she was like, hey, um, I hate to bring it up. Could you just sell that fucking spaceship so we have some money? <laughs> and he's just like, uh, ooh. I didn't even think about that, but you are 100% right. Like, at what point are you like, uh, we've been married, we've... Gone like, through some this shit. This would get money. Like you have a space. Nobody has a spaceship. <laughs> How long uh, do you stay with someone after you realize they don't have a spaceship? Zero minutes. <laughs> it's I done. have to go. I don't even like. Not I'm even booting my Tinder profile up right now. <laughs> even if they don't tell me they have a spaceship, like I'm still trying to figure out if you have one. And then the moment you don't, I'm gone. <laughs> She's not laughing at this bit. Um. This probably won't make you feel better, but oh no! Uh, the and this is again his first wife. Yeah. In the article for the Baltimore Sun, uh, she complained that the house reeked of cat urine. Oh god! Because oh. there were dozens of cats, and they were allowed to run free, and the furniture was torn and dirty. So it looks like Miss Havisham's house over here. Yeah. In addition, uh, Scott's mother collected her husband's fingernail clippings and kept them in a jar. Oh, what? God. And loved to show them to whoever came to visit. Okay. What? 
Did I mention he has a spaceship? <laughs> it's powered by fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> this is like some type of horrible nightmare. Well, this is the thing where I'm like, we're all focusing on the JonBenet part, and this shit is way crazier. She kept. So okay, so she kept. I'm assuming like just in a big ass jar. Yeah, I'm assuming like a mason jar, like a fancy wedding. Oh my god. God. Wait, just the husbands, right? Just Scott's as far father. as I know. But how could you tell? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Toenails look like toenails. What the fuck? Or I guess it was fingernails. Uh, they still, they all. You could probably do both. Doesn't fucking matter. They look what, the same. You get one toenail in there. She's like, it's fucking ruined. I don't want it. <laughs> Ruin the whole batch. I don't know if you've ever been in a house that smells like cat urine. I have. My my ex's grandma, it was like real bad. She had like three cats in a trailer and she was old so she couldn't like smell anything. And like we just go in just to pick her up to like take her to breakfast. And it was always just like, I have to shower. I have to clean everything. Like nothing. Like you just can't smell good. I can't imagine living there. I once God. went into a house that had 14 cats. What oh, the fuck? Why? why? It was it was one of those things where like I was with a friend and they were like, yeah, they're my friend. They're really cool. They're a little weird, but like they're super nice. And we got there and I love cats. So I was mm. like, cats? But it was not Too good. many cats. And, and it was again something where the cats were allowed to fucking run free. Jesus. And the couple, while extremely nice and very sweet, it was a lot of cats. Too many 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 cats. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that there's a law about how many cats you can have. There's in a law? Yeah. How many cats is You there? can only have an amount of cats that you can support in a healthy environment. And if you have a certain amount of square footage, that can limit how many cats you have. Yeah. Um, also, if you're not like a rescue organization, there are limits to how many cats you can have. As well. Interesting. Yeah. So you can like foster cats, like sometimes people like foster kittens or something, but you have to like, it has to be a fostering situation. You can't just have 10 cats. Yeah. Okay. Especially if you live in a studio apartment. So this dude has hella cats. Yeah. And he he treats his house like it's a one bedroom with three brothers living in it. Yeah, exactly. Where it's just gross and dirty. He keeps jizzing on cans of fancy (laughs) fees to make new cats. He has so many cats he could make a musical. Oh. Oh God. And then a horrible movie. so clever as half the cats in this smelly house so okay uh they eventually moved out of that house but their marriage deteriorated because one night he left to go to the prom with somebody else what (laughs) bitch what yeah he was 23 at the time our baby died and you're going to the prom with someone else you're a piece of shit (laughs) yeah he took a 17 year old named una to her prom. And remember, the baby unfortunately died, so they don't have any children. Um, but he took a different 17-year-old. Awkward. Uh, yeah, she didn't divorce him until 19 months later. I think it's just because that's probably how long the process took, especially if she was filing and not him. Yeah, well, especially because they kept sending all the files back because they just reeked of cat piss. <laughs> They're like, There's, these are signed with paw prints. Yeah. I don't know. You need to use a pen, not piss. <laughs> What's with the weird names, too? My When my dad, like had his first rebound after my mom the woman he dated was named Udis. Udis? She was weird. <laughs> but it New was just phone, like Udis. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like why does every scumbag just be like, "Oh, I'll just get a girl with a weird name. Fuck you, Lisa or Debbie or whatever her name was." <laughs> oh my god. Uh yeah, her name was Una. 
um, which is not as weird. There's, it's not as weird, but but yeah, uh, yeah. There's just one listener named Udis out there, just like oh. sorry. Uh, even though Kathleen again didn't divorce him for 19 months, mm-hmm. within those 19 months, uh, he eloped with Una just after her 18th birthday, Oof. and he told oh. Una that his first wife was dead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yikes. I hit her with my spaceship. A few few years later, Una found Scott in a car with another prom date. Oh, my God. So he just keeps going to proms. (laughs) Yeah, he he stay going to prom. It's not even the women. It's just the prom. He's drawn by the prom. Listen, if there's one thing I love, it is a gathering of young individuals set to a theme, usually underwater. <laughs> or some kind of nostalgia. Uh, this was 16-year-old Billy Gardner. Uh, she waited till her 18th birthday, but then they also eloped, even though he was still married. Okay, so you got some polygamy How going on. Is he polygamy. not in jail at this point? Well, because remember, records aren't digitized, so as long as you're getting married in like a different county or a different state, he also people is can't track it. Technically, waiting... Till they're 18 to like uh, formally well, announce the relationship. Is, well, this is also a time when a lot of ages of consent were 16. So mm, that's not true. as much of an issue. It's more that he's married to multiple people at the same time. Billy divorced him two years later. Okay. Wait, the third wife. The third wife. He's still married to the second wife because what? by that time, he and the second wife had had a son. Ooh. Awkward. So he was actively married to two people was at the he, same time. Was he... He was keeping them separate, right? Oh, absolutely. They didn't know about each other until this <laughs> article came out. Oh, like, my God. Like, the guy interviewing them for the article was like, I'm sorry, you didn't know. I thought that's why you divorced. And they were like, no, we divorced him because he would just, like, would leave jobs and just take <laughs> off for days at a time. I got to go to space, know. bro. Yes. And they didn't know that there were other people. Did he? Did they? Did they? Oh, my God. Paige. Did they live in the same town? Yes, they did. These, what the fuck? Most of the time, yeah. Even through, even later as we go, but yes. So, uh, Una eventually divorces him also, but by then he was 35 and had already been living for five years with his next wife, Rachel Kern, who was 21. Did they meet at the prom? It doesn't say, but I assume. (laughs) (laughs) They were both chaperones. Where did you get all these corsages from? <laughs> it's like that scene in Twilight where they just have the giant picture of all their graduation caps and they're like, we matriculate a lot. He's just got like broken condoms and corsages <laughs> on a wall. Oh my God. My God, uh, man. He, no one's going to, no one can have, no one can have secret families like this anymore, by no, the way. No. And, and he's hardcore secret family. Yeah. People still do it, but the internet has made it a lot more difficult. It's made it a lot yeah. harder. You gotta have like a whole second identity. Yeah. Tell people you're a 23-year-old Mexican boy from Los Angeles. <laughs> when you're actually a 30-year-old Armenian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait. Gotta convince people you're going on the road to do comedy and not spend time with Uma in Nebraska. <laughs> The best part is that she knows it's a bit, but there's a little piece in Andrea's head <laughs> like, that's just if? like... I've been hurt before. <laughs> my oh last my boyfriend God. had 12 secret families. Who are you? <laughs> so this whole time when he was changing wives, he was also changing jobs, always kind of lower level, like security guard, 
milkman, salesman, just kind of. Oh, yeah. milkman. That's how you meet the ladies. That is how you do it. That's what I've heard. Uh, he also apparently at this time was bouncing checks all over. Okay. Um, his <laughs> wife. God, another bounce. antiquated fucking scumbaggery. You bouncing can't have checks. secret families. You can't have fucking bounce checks anymore. Because you could just give them. Because you could just pay for anything with a check back then. Yeah, exactly. You just fucking do anything. He's literally bouncing checks off that ass. Yeah. <laughs> over and over and over again. His wife, Una, uh, is quoted as saying, Art's the type, when he has $100, he spends 150 Ah. So, an idiot. Well, just bad at budgeting, yeah. That's yeah. the worst. He's just out here yeah. flexing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would often wear an Air Force uniform and talk about doing top secret work and then he would just travel. So he would basically <laughs> just go away and go to the other family. Um, and he would tell one, like he would tell Una that he was going to flight school, but then he would tell Billy that he was quitting his job as a government assassin to become a pilot. Okay. It's a whole thing. He put extra antennas on his car so people would think he was an undercover cop. What? Yeah. It's wild. Okay. Uh, one day, Una came home and he was deeply depressed and had turned out oh my God. all the lights in the house. And when he, and she basically at that point was like, you should see somebody about whatever your weirdness is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he promised to see a psychiatrist but never went. Uh, but after this point, he decided that he was going to call himself Scott. Okay. He told Billy that, quote, he came over here from Scotland when he was a young boy and he missed the land. So he wanted everyone to call him Scott. He did not come from Scotland. Space Scotland. Space Scotland. (laughs) God (laughs) With above the groundskeeper Willie. (laughs) (laughs) Above the groundskeeper Willie. Oh, my God. Um, I love how every third sentence you say is just something so antiquated where you're like yeah he had extra antennas and i was like why would you even need one and then i was like oh fuck radio (laughs) that's how you just used to listen to shit that's so wild if you saw a car back in the day with like five antennas on it would you think it was a cop absolutely that's crazy yeah because they they've got like their scanner their radio that's fair the more antennas the more power yeah. yeah, just like more flags, more fun, more antennas, Some more cop cops. cars still have antennas. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. Some cars still have antennas. I'm looking at one right now outside. Yeah, my my last car still had a small antenna. Yeah. I yeah. One. Um Now, at this point, he also had a third child with Rochelle Kern in okay. 1983. Which is his fourth wife. Uh, she's like his sixth wife. Okay, fuck. So third child, sixth, sixth wife. wife. That's actually pretty good. At least he wasn't Decent getting odds. everybody pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was wrapping it. Like uh, half of those women got out okay. Yeah, yes. I mean, I'm sure the relationship wasn't great, so I don't no. know if I'm going to be like, okay. But, but I mean, like, they didn't have to talk to that idiot for the rest of the, You know what yeah. I mean? Like, if you divorce someone and you don't have a kid with them, you can just leave. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I think it was good that he had seen enough uh, Christian prom magicians to know that the real magic is always wrapping it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Rochelle's brother, Kenny, the next year discovered that Scott was involved with a 23-year-old woman named Paula. Oh, my God. They eloped that year and had another son a month later. And how old is Scott at this point? Uh, 1984. He's in his 40s. Okay. Uh! Yeah, he's in his 40s. Gross. And you still can't hold a job down? You're the worst. Yeah. So he eloped with Paula. Uh, They had a baby, but he was often absent. 
constantly saying that he was going on secret missions, but instead he was just living like one town over mm-hmm. with his <laughs> next wife, Randy Baverman. What secret the fuck? missions for that pussy? Yeah. More like secret missionary position. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey. Oh, shit, dog. Yes, yes. yes. Thank Do you, you think when he does doggy style, it calls it Leica after the first dog in space? Just me? No? Okay, cool. That's pretty good. Do you like this, girl? <laughs> Do you like this? Yes, I like it like that. Now, it was around this time that he started to have ambitions higher than what he was currently doing. Yeah. And started to kind of almost collect people. Ermina Zambo, and that's spelled D Z A M B O, and her husband, Robert Kuhn, had been married for about three years when she introduced him to her new friend that she had met at the health spa. His name was Scott Carruthers. Okay. Now, Scott, even though he's in his 40s, works out constantly. So he's in amazing shape. Okay. Oh, that Suddenly makes this, so yeah. much sense. Yeah. Suddenly this makes a lot more yeah, sense. Yeah, he's in amazing shape and even pictures of him in his 40s. He's a decent looking dude. Yeah. And he looks younger than he is because he's still alive now in his 70s. God. And is still like alive and around and kicking. Do you think spaceship was just code for big ass dick? It could have been. I don't know how big his dick was. He just got... Well, as as we get into it, that might be part of this. He is slinging blaster left and right. He's He's got it coming out of all his sleeves. Yeah. Because it doesn't... Okay, I want to be clear. (laughs) Oh, my God. I want to be clear that this is... Being attractive doesn't excuse him from anything at all. No, of course. But it does make a lot more sense why somebody would be... He's just like, yeah, I'm in the CIA. I'm I'm a contract killer. And he's just fucking ripped. And you're like... Because you want to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think people just generally are more likely to believe good-looking people. That and that's is the also end of a it. thing. Yeah, I keep trying to tell people I'm a government assassin and no one believes me. No. Now, Ermina and her husband, Robert, were both 25 mm-hmm. at the time. She had been born in Germany, uh, where her father had actually been in the army. Okay. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What time was this? No, no, no. Our army. Oh, okay. So the U.S. was stationed gotcha. in Germany, yeah, yeah, yeah. Germany for a long time after World War II. And then she, he had a baby there. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for a second, I was doing math in my head. I'm just like, whoa, which army and when? Yeah. No, there, there were allied, allied forces oh, yeah. in Germany long after. That's why the Beatles have a bunch of songs in German. For sure. They for sure. Tour in Hamburg. Anyway, so. Uh, they had moved to Maryland when she was three. All of this is taking place in Maryland, by the mm. way. Uh, her husband was studying to be a teacher. Um, she worked in nursing. Um, but Scott really impressed them because he... He's so ripped and he has a spaceship. <laughs> and he had told them that he'd been in the Air Force and was super friendly. And he also told them that he was an astronaut. Don't okay. believe bullshit strangers tell you. And part of me is like, we know all the astronauts. Yeah. Like, we know everyone allegedly that has been to space, with the exception of Stanley Kubrick. But we <laughs> but we know that now, you know? Like, we know That's that- That's true. It wasn't as readily available. Yeah. You would have to, like, go look it up in a library. I guess oh, you yeah. couldn't Google shit. Ah, oh, man, Google is really- yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut down on some of this. Oh, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Every time I meet somebody, I just look up their name, three families. That's what I look up to see how many <laughs> secret families they've got. Paige Wesley, astronaut question mark? 
It says here she's got a huge dick. <laughs> That's why my husband's so beautiful. <laughs> so Ermina's husband, Robert, uh, mm-hmm. started getting a little worried because Scott was coming around a lot. Awkward. And he would like come around, dim the lights, turn on music, and then just like stare at Ermina. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, why is Scott just doing push-ups shirtless in the living room? <laughs> yeah, that kind of shit. And she's just like, shut up, man. Yeah. I'm just uh, trying to watch one this big-ass spaceship. One time he, like, played footsie with her in front of her husband. Real weird. Wait, is this real? This is real. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, one night he showed up on their doorstep in tears, claiming that he'd done a test mission and accidentally shot down one of his partners. That is some okay. manipulative-ass <laughs> yes. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, I need to be comforted by a beautiful woman. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Robert's mother also didn't believe it. Um, Ermina's sister also was like, astronauts don't live in the suburbs. Like, <laughs> what's, what's wrong with Get you? Get the fuck out of here. They might, but probably not in the suburbs of weird also, rural Maryland. I don't think they're just walking around like, oh, I'm an astronaut. Yeah. It's <laughs> not. Yeah. It's like when you see someone who's like, I'm a doctor because they wore a lab coat to the grocery store. You're like, doctors don't do that. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Doctors don't want people to know they're doctors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because do- you'll just come up to a doctor and be like, is this a rash? Yeah. Yeah. That's why astronauts don't do that because I would walk up to an is astronaut. Is this a space rash? Yeah, is this a space rash? <laughs> um, uh, the weirdness came to a head, though, when they were at a mutual friend's apartment and Scott was clearly making moves on Ermina. Nice. And so her husband, Robert, was like, let's get out of here. And she was like, I'm not leaving. <gasps> and basically said, I'm not strong enough to tell you what's happening right now, but I will. But I'm not going. A couple days later, she went off to exercise one morning and never came back. What? Whoa, 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 what? All she took with her was a pillow and a cat. <laughs> Oh, man. I've never seen any clues that point harder towards this guy. (laughs) She was a thief. She gotta believe she stole my pillow and my cat. Um... Anyway, oh so my God. you can come what sleep over at my house, happening? but you have to bring your own pillow and your own cat. There's not enough to go around. <laughs> she moved into his apartment with his other wife. Like, so they're all living as now a triad. Oh, my God. Oh. Two months later, Ermina's husband got a letter that basically said, don't try to find me. I don't love you anymore. And I hate what you've done to me. And he's like, what? Dude, I don't know. I didn't do anything. Is this some repressed memories bullshit? It is exactly. Because a few months after that, she wrote letters and filed a court case saying that her father had molested her from ages 12 to 17. It actually went to court because another family member seemed to have corroborated the information. But then the charges were just suddenly dropped. Mm. Yeah. Um, They didn't see her again for years. And by then she had changed her name. So she changed her name from Ermina Zambo to Dashia Lashra, which is like the only time I think on the show when someone has changed their name to something more pronounceable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Art changed his name to Scott. Yeah. Which I guess is like slightly more I guess. normal, but this is genuine. Yeah. They, they never really saw her again. Her family would only know where she was based on credit card receipts because she would just start using credit cards to pay for things until they could cancel the card. Hmm. It's a lot like Heaven's Gate, basically. Um, she ended up in bankruptcy court 
with debts of over $30,000 because of that. Wow. So Scott slash Art is using her essentially to help fund his ridiculousness and ruining her credit and ruining her life for that dick. Yeah, but she is allegedly living happily in a triad with him and his other wife, Randy, while he is also still married to his previous wife, Paula. God. Yeah. Weird. Yes. And Paula... With Paula, he has a, a kid, if we remember. I think I know what? why he liked proms, because this is a lot of high school level drama bullshit. It is. Yeah. You know how you start cults in high school and like you steal women from their husbands and it's like a whole thing. Yeah. Well, and he Typical would high school. occasionally <laughs> come visit because she does have his, his son. Um, but when she laughed at him for implying that he was from space... He tried to shove her head through a window. Oh, my God. According to her. Yes. And I would be inclined to believe her, I would guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, he sounds insane. Yes. Now, uh, she didn't divorce him until 1995, but she would rarely see him. She would only hear from the other two women he was living with who would call her to say that he was on a secret mission, but they would be depositing money into her account for, hmm. I, I, like, essentially child support, I guess. Now, some of that money, obviously, was from the women. Yeah. But right around this time, Scott was about to essentially embark on the thing that would make him a ton of money. And it started with a weird drawing on a napkin. As I mentioned, he worked out in the gym a ton, mm-hmm. all the time. And he allegedly hurt his hand in a mountain climbing accident, but no one knows where. No one saw the injury. No one remembers the story, but he was like, my hand. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. That, he definitely heard it masturbating, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, that's what mountain climbing means. Cramp. Right? Cramp. Right. Right. <laughs> now, what he had drawn on the napkin was something that would later he would come to call the strong put. And what they are are curling weights that don't require you to grasp the weight. Okay. They're like a ball and you kind of slide your hands into it and then just lift your hands. Okay. Um, are we sure that he wasn't just drawing a sex act of a woman playing and juggling his enormous balls? Do you want to get swole while feeling like you're lifting tits? That's basically what it is. Uh, and, he, and he claims it's a more efficient way to lift weights. Sure. Um, now, he was very, 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 very good at networking. And so he would meet people who would be like, that is a pretty good idea and would agree to market it. He met an attorney named Richard Gershberg in 1985. <laughs> Do you think he's good at networking just because he's been to so many proms? Well, <laughs> he's t- I, yeah, he's good at talking people out of their money. Springfield prom? 94? 94? Uh, but I've so, got a new idea for titty weights. <laughs> so Richard Gershberg uh, heard about the idea mm-hmm. when one of his clients was trying to invest and he was trying to sign the paperwork. He's a lawyer. And so after... Hearing about it, mm-hmm. Carruthers got him to help basically make the paperwork for the invention more legit. And I do want to stress, these are real. They are a thing. I found some on eBay. We'll talk about it in just a bit. Interesting. 
Now, Gershberg had a law partner named David Pearl. He was upset. He was impressed, too. They both decide to get involved. David Pearl once said he's probably the smartest man I've ever met in my life. He said that about <laughs> Scott? Yes. Uh, Do you know about the space? <laughs> they find out about the space later. Um, oh, God. He reminds, at this point, Scott kind of reminds me of the Firefest dude. Oh, yeah. Who's just yeah. a dude that's like, I could do this, this, and this. And people are like, here's money. Where he was just constantly talking people into his idea. And so the two attorneys start talking to people about this investment. And people start investing. Because they're like, well, if you're into it. It must be I'm good. into it. Yeah. There's also probably a thing that's happening, which I saw a lot with the Firefest guy. Where like he'll explain core concept of what he has planned in his head and then they'll go like oh my god like you could do this this and this and he's just like yeah yeah and just has no way to make it happen yes so they're they're probably extra great at getting people on board because like they're just you know they're basically coming up they're they're projecting what they want right into his ideas right uh, it wasn't until uh, one of the businessmen that they encountered, David Squire, uh, gave them $200,000, which allowed them to incorporate as a company Holy with fuck. Carruthers as the chairman, Randy Braverman as the president, and uh, Dashiell Lashra. So basically, the triad is now running a company. Yeah. Uh, they basically are running the company called DR Products, which is set up to hold Strongput's patents. And what year is this? This is 1987. So okay. this is like right around like Chuck. This is a little bit before like Chuck Norris and Bowflex. And yes. Like this, this is perfect timing. It's perfect timing because this thing is starting to happen where people are like, I'm just in this rat race and I need a way to get flexed or whatever you call it at the time. And he's like, have I told you about my giant balls? And everyone's like, that's the answer. You're yeah. ripped. <laughs> so this is this is where we get all those like late night workout yes. videos. Shake weights. The gazelle. The yeah. Gazelle. All that stuff is like it starts with one crazy dude and his weird ass invention. He's just at the right time, like yes. wooing broads with <laughs> his balls. Okay. And at this point he starts to make up stories about how he met his I'm going to call them wives, I guess, at this point. Okay. Uh, ladies. Ladies. He told investors that he had met Dashiell, uh, or Ermina, mm-hmm. uh, as a young orphan in Germany when he was in the Air Force, and that he took her in and raised her until she came of age, and they fell in love. Gross. Which is a fucking creepy story. Yeah, that's Woody Allen's story. Yeah. But what's even creepier is he often told the story with her present, and she would be like, yeah, that's how that happened. To be clear, when I say Woody Allen's story, I don't mean his personal story. I mean, that's the plot of Ants, the movie. <laughs> um, no, that's fucking weird. That was my next question if she was just like down with this shit. So is this, is she, is she, is this a thing where she's lying for the greater good or does she truly believe that this, that is what happened and she was remembering wrong? I think she has been brainwashed to believe that she was remembering wrong. Okay. God damn, that's dark it's real dark yeah um now bob bonnell mm-hmm. was a marketing uh, specialist looking for a new project in 1988 when he heard about the strong put and so he also got involved but then the first time he met carruthers <laughs> scott was like yeah i worked in the cia and all this stuff and bob bonnell was like 
I think this is bullshit, but I also think that this exercise product is legit. <laughs> so I'm just going to ignore this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So they start to kind of structure the company, but there's money missing. There's not a lot of money coming in. They're having trouble getting the strong puts manufactured. Mm-hmm. They finally managed to launch it publicly in 1992 at a large trade show in Atlanta, which resulted in them being in the New York Times as like a new invention. There's an article from this time from the New York Times that's like, look at these amazing new weights. Look at these big ass balls. Look at these big ass balls. Balls for fitness. Yeah. Uh, they at this point, Scott meets a man named Steve Rains. Mm-hmm. R a i n e s s Rains. And when it's Steve Rains, it's Steve he pours. Steve pours. Uh, and he printed T-shirts for them. <laughs> But then he decided to become a bodyguard living in Scott's home. What? what? He outscotted Scott? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do t-shirts, but it's like it's just like my day thing. My real dream is to personally bodyguard you. A cult leader, yeah. Oh my god. At this point, they invited Bob Bunnell to their house for dinner one night. And it's this point that they spring on him, hey. Dashiell and I are not from this planet. We're aliens. We have our own language. And then they decided to start speaking in their own language that he said sounded kind of like Swahili. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they also informed him that they were supposed to be hooked up to a mothership and that it was connected through the cats. (laughs) And the cats were the messengers that would help them rejoin the mothership. He also claims, and he says this during the documentary, because they do interview Bob Bunnell in a documentary, where he's like, yeah, he said that people don't give cats enough credit and they don't pay enough attention to cats, but cats really are the key to the future. (laughs) And it was really great. If he had only known what the cat memes would be (laughs) in in the 2000s. I know. Cats did rule the internet for a while. Like the the dude who started the I has cheeseburger. Oh, I'm sure he's a millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. So you said he learns all of this. Yeah. Eating dinner. Eating dinner. He also, they told him that they had a plan for a futuristic device called the, quote, inertialess lever, which would be used by NASA. Scott, uh, I'd like to thank you for inviting me into your lovely piss-soaked home. Um, <laughs> you're giving me a lot of information, but I feel like I have one main question. Is this what you've served me? Is this fucking fancy feast? Did you just serve me fancy <laughs> feast with common Did on this... <laughs> Is this Try to make more cats. Feast? We want to get to the mothership. Come Scott, to dinner. Is this come in my fancy feast? <laughs> it's for the meowthership. It's just like Mama used to make. Oh, okay, God. Right, I'm so sorry. Wait, real quick. Where's Where's Ronnie? Because it's Gone. just wait. Ronnie left. Already? Randy. Randy. Sorry, his other wife. No, she's there. She's just there. So we're talking about Ronnie so or Billy. Diedrich, what's her name? Diedrich? Dashiell. So Dashiell and Scott are speaking a language together. Yeah. But Randy's also into it somehow. They're still a triad. Okay. Yeah. So they're all speaking this language. They're all in it. Chilling, worshiping cats. Waiting for the cats to take them to the mothership. Of Getting course. excited about balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And guess... then they've come up with this brand new invention. God. Yeah. Okay. All over one dinner. <laughs> yeah. And and Benel at this point is like, 
this is weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 100%. not into it. 100%. But also, these tit weights are a million dollar so they Look, I'll continue. Eat your, I'll eat your cummy fancy feast, but I won't listen to your space stories. How often do people overlook insanity because they think some eccentric idiot can help them? Well, All cats the got made, so. But it's just like we just give we just give eccentric people so much leeway because they're like maybe they could help me. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, man. The only difference between an eccentric person and a homeless person in Los Angeles is one of them owns a pop-up shop. Yeah. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. the only difference. No, yeah, for sure. Actually, a lot of homeless people own pop-up shops, too. Yeah, exactly, They will man. sell you anything in their basket. I went to get a tattoo the last week in uh, right next to Skid Row in Los Angeles, which, if you don't know, is home to um, a lot of people who are experiencing homelessness it's right now. It's one of the largest home- homeless populations in the United States. And a guy offered to sell me a bag of hot cheetos for a dollar and i fu- i had a fucking dollar on me what are you yeah, saying yeah i bought that from him so that's technically a pop-up shop it was pretty chill yeah the theme was sad but i liked it yeah. it was spicy sad anyway anyway at this point <laughs> some of the investors notice that some of the other investors are getting a little involved in scott's weird space shit oh no Specifically, the wives of some of the investors are getting oh, involved no. in Scott's weird space shit. I forget that he's just so handsome. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you can do if you're ripped and handsome. Yeah. Uh, specifically, a couple wives of investors, Deborah Hackerman and her daughter, went oh to go live God. with Scott. This is the real PSA that they should give in high schools when they talk about why you need to go to gym class. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, look. Here's the thing. If you get super ripped, you can convince a bunch of women that you have a spaceship. And they'll all fuck you. They'll all fuck you. You can make millions of dollars off some batshit crazy ball weights idea. And you can just fuck women who are the wives of other people for the rest of your life if you just eat your vegetables and run (laughs) like I've told you to. (laughs) So he starts fucking the investors' wives, and has them bring their daughters into the home. Because he claims that his alien race needs positive energy and women are the bringers of positive energy and the younger the better. We don't know if he was sleeping with the younger girls. We know he was probably grooming them. Yeah, definitely. Um, The deal for manufacturing on the strong puts fell through. So he does manage to call on an old acquaintance for help. And they do manage to essentially bring the patenting company for Strong Put public. And they only managed to manufacture a handful of Strong Puts, but they are still around. As I mentioned, I found one on eBay. Yes. (laughs) If you want to see them, uh, here, here they are. Okay. So they're just giant balls. Yeah, they're just big ass medicine balls. Well, they're not because here's kind of the inside. Oh, so you can like put your hands, like scoop your hands in like a backwards Pac-Man. Yes, and and lift them on your hands. That's interesting. So it's like, well, it's a it's a dumbbell set that's less. I don't know the easily stored. Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't really fully understand. They're also color coded, so different weights are different colors. So it's all dumb, just like dumbbells. Yeah. Well, the other part was that he now, because it's a new invention, had to write a book 
on how to use them. Of course. Great. Uh, it's called the the news the, the strong put workout system gain without pain new technology breaks a century old exercise barrier by Scott Carruthers. There are two reviews for it on Amazon. Perfect. And they're both fantastic. One of them said, "Yes, I read the book, and it actually it's for three stars." By the way, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mixed review. Yeah, three stars. Quote: Laughing at the man in the orange suit. Two exclamation points. Uh, yes, I read the book and it actually does work. That's about the only good thing I can say about this book. As for the author, no, I mean Scott well. I would love to delve further into his inventions to see where he really came up with it. I hope he's enjoying the food at the Carroll County Detention Center for the last few years. He must be stashing away the cash from the sales of this book, which brings me to Timecast. Who is entitled to the profits? A question soon to be answered. Well, I wouldn't buy the book, but it was given to me by one of his co-conspirators. So maybe you will get out of jail one day and move on to new territory with your book, Strong Puts, and make us lots of money. What? Who wrote this review? Who? No fucking idea. This is... It, it says BDX Lover LOL is the name. Oh this God. person that has been personal. personally hurt yeah. by Scott Crothers. The next one is five stars. Uh-huh. Okay. It's from Amazon Customer. Okay. And the review is just called To Know Him. Okay. I've known him a long time, and whether his writing is sci-fi, pie in the sky, or just high, he's real. His passionate words reflect on an inquiring mind, his intimate touch, a caring heart. I get it, I'd i give anything to be with him again, because I never felt complete before him, and I am less without him. Anyone who truly knows you loves you, Scott. That was That's either- a review. That's an Amazon review. That's, yeah. an Amazon review. That's a letter you write someone in jail. That is not an Amazon <laughs> review space. This is this is someone being like last night was amazing. Yeah. That was either written by Scott or by a cat. The right? dude slings dong is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh Maybe it God. is one of the cats. Yeah. I don't know. My dad, okay. Whoa. My dad likes to send cards. Okay. My dad's uh-huh. really into cards. If you don't get him a card for his birthday, it hurts his feelings. He gets people cards for every occasion. In my parents' bathroom, there's a framed card of last night was so special, which I'm assuming is like a first time fourth base card that they framed and put in the bathroom. And it is pretty much this review. I just... It's so weird. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put my dad on blast, but it's something that it's just like, I saw it, and now I just think about it well, sometimes. It sounds- and I'm just like, why would you put that in a card and it's- frame it for people to see? It sounds like your dad put your stepmom on blast, but... Uh, I think they put each other on blast. I think your stepdad was... I think your dad was just blasting. <laughs> But Ooh. oh my god! Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, no, that's perfect. It's uh, that's pretty much what this review is. Yeah. So anyway, the company folds. He escapes with a bunch of stock, which makes him incredibly rich mm-hmm. and allows him to go on to some other ventures. But now that he doesn't really have to worry about money, he can spend all of his time in the cults. Nice. Which is around the time that a woman named Bernice joins. Mm-hmm. She'll be important later. She doesn't stay along for a long time. But at this time, the cult starts taking trips back and forth from Colorado. To space? No. Oh. <laughs> Colorado to Maryland. Okay, okay Bernice okay. goes with them. There is evidence to prove this. This will be important later. But tensions mounted within the cult. See, when you steal multiple wives of former investors or friends of friends, they don't like it. This is when he starts calling their group Beta Dominion Xenophilia, BDX for short, which is allegedly 
the name for his level of security, which is 39 levels of security above the White House that talks to the aliens. What? And the cats about the mothership. No. Okay. I mean... Who is falling for this bullshit? Well, his dick me, must be amazing. Let me also break this down. So... <laughs> He's got many a card in his bathroom. <laughs> The name is even messed up. So beta, meaning lower or secondary, mm-hmm. dominion, which is pretty self-explanatory, and xenophilia, which is the affection for unknown or foreign objects, manners, cultures, or people. That means nothing. Yeah. That's a, just a collection of sounds. It means the lower level of one and the fucks. I guess. Now, also, I will say, technically speaking, if you're going from Maryland to Colorado in a car, you are going about a mi- eventually over time. You're going about a mile up in the air. That technically makes that car a spaceship. <laughs> you are getting closer to space. No. I, think I think they're flying. Put the cushion away. Even better. Even better. They're flying. No. What now, is a plane but a spaceship bus? But. There's no. problems because there's custody cases. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about his kids. And not his kids, the kids of the cult members. But those cases are getting mired in the court system, particularly because they're with their mother. And so their fathers are filing custody, which and they're in technically a home. There have been no complaints, things like that. But it's 1996 at this point. Uh, Like 1996, 1997. Yeah. So. This is a time when it's still mothers just kind of get the benefit of the doubt. You're I mean, with it, your mom. it depends on your court system in your state um, occasionally. Also, the house that they're living in is gorgeous. It's a big old house. If you visited, you'd probably be like, these kids seem fine. You know, like nothing seems weird. Yeah. So it wasn't until essentially their limo driver alerted people that he thought some of those kids were in danger. God, this is why you never get a limo driver. Oh, he had a limo Armando. driver for everywhere. Always in your, always in your business. <laughs> I mean, it's good that he reported it, but that's why you don't get one. But then also, Carruthers decided that he had enough money and influence that he was going to take care of BDX's enemies once and for all. What the oh, fuck? No. And so he attempts to hire a hitman and plots to kidnap another daughter of one of their members who was about six years old at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He claimed to be an assassin. Right. You don't have to hire somebody if you're a world-class assassin. Right. And they, they offered a gold bracelet with diamonds as a down payment on the 110000 that they were going to pay via stock shares to have somebody kill the people they wanted to kill. Okay. No, I have 110000 but it's like a whole thing, and I got to go to the bank. Yeah. Like, I can't give it to you right now, but like on Tuesday, it'll be fine. Yeah, and the person they allegedly hired as a hitman basically returned the necklace to them and then went to the FBI and was like, these people are trying to kill people. Um, <laughs> you should check it out. Look, I'm a hitman, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm a hitman, not a hit child. <laughs> so the targets were their former business associates that knew too much or had kind of started saying bad things about them and were you embezzled all our money and then didn't make a product and give us a return on our investment you psychopath and you fucked my wife and, and, well, and stole to, all our wives and children to be fair the business part of it is not necessarily his fault that the business failed 
Okay. It it failed. It's just you know it happens. So he wasn't embezzling money though. He he, he saying- made it. He made out like a bandit at the end, but not illegally if that makes sense because you kind of said that there was some money missing there was some money missing early on where they were traveling on the company's dime but they were never turning in receipts okay but that was way early on at the end when he ends up with money it's legal it's just shitty yeah okay you know um so scott would go on to serve time in prison for soliciting murder and that's the end of bdx but it's not the end of the story, allegedly. Okay. According to this fucking stupid documentary. Sick. Wait, so what happened to all the kids and moms when he went to jail? Well, some of them wrote Amazon reviews, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were returned to their parents. Yeah. They, those custody cases were lost once everyone found out what was actually going on. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so is he still in jail? No, he's out of jail now. He's an old man. He The cult doesn't happen. He's in the documentary. He's not happy about it. Does he have any wives right now? We don't know. I mean, there was a woman at the house that we see in the documentary, allegedly, because he's not the only one that went to jail. Some of the wives went to jail, too. Because they were part of the conspiracy? Because they were part of the conspiracy. Did you see in... In the documentary, and I know it's a long shot, did you see a spaceship parked anywhere on his property? We did not. <laughs> uh, he he drives a car. It's a pretty nice car. It's, it's a decent house, you know. That's nice. How many cats? He couldn't see. Mm. I know. And he's going to need to beef up his cat numbers to get to that mothership. Oh, hell yeah. But in the, in the documentary, they're like, do you still believe in aliens? And he's like, do you? And they were like, no. And he's like, me neither. And then just like drives into the house. <laughs> Or drives in the garage. <laughs> you know what they never told. You know what they never told anyone is that inside of each one of his uh, strong balls. What is it called? <laughs> strong puts. Strong puts. Inside each strong put was a cat. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is where we get to the documentary. Okay. Do you remember Bernice who joined the cult while they were traveling from Maryland to Colorado? Yeah. On one of those trips, she just ends up staying in Colorado. Okay. She's now in prison for an unrelated case that we do not have time to get into. And she claims that she knows who killed John Benet Ramsey. Okay. How familiar are both of you with the John Benet Ramsey case? Pretty familiar. I okay. have done I've listened to a, a few podcasts about the subject, mm-hmm. um, which basically makes me better than the cops. Uh, an expert, I'm willing to say. No, that's not true. <laughs> But I, I'm pretty familiar. Okay. I'm, I've listened to a few different podcasts about it, but they're generally just kind of like, I don't know, like their best guess, the podcast I listened to, was that the brother did it on as an accident and then the parents created a false note. That has been my belief for some time. Yeah. Um, and the, that makes the most sense to me and it's very sad and tragic and I don't necessarily believe anyone's at fault in that scenario, but yes. Based on the evidence that... I have been presented with through that one podcast I listened to, I could b- buy into that. Yeah. But I think it's just like a really tricky thing. So here's the other thing. Here's the weird thing about this case. There's a million pieces of evidence. None of them connect to each other. It's all bonkers. And it could lend itself to any number of theories. I personally, I really like the accidental death theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, that makes the most sense. Um, and it also, when you're looking at like who would want to kill a child, you know, if yeah. you say like it was an accident, 
but we didn't want our child who's also a to child go to, to prison. go to prison and have that guilt like that paints everyone in a sympathetic light. Yes. Whereas if you're like someone kidnapped this baby for sex reasons or whatever, like that's so much scarier and more upsetting. Yeah. What do you have a theory, Armando? Uh, I think uh, it was the dad ate her, Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay ate John Benet Ramsay, and that's where he came up with the idea for Hell's Kitchen. I'm never gonna let go of this bit. I like this joke. You're I came up with it drunk, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> it was um, pretty great. Yeah, I, I I always was under the impression that again the same thing as you guys is just through the evidence presented to me. It that's what it seemed like accidental death. The reason this documentary exists is because a this woman Bernice has made a jailhouse confession of saying that she knows who killed John Bonet, and then she's got a bizarre story to go along with it. If you're into true crime, you know that anytime anyone makes a confession from prison, it is highly suspect because it almost always gets them time off their sentence, but also B, they have nothing to lose and they frequently, frequently result in essentially false identifications. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like serial killers do it a lot of times where they'll just like take credit for more crimes than they actually committed. Yeah, It's why a lot of serial killers have inflated kill numbers where you're like somebody could have killed 14 or 40 people. And that could be the case here. Uh, She's actually been trying to tell people this theory for a long time and no one ever really believed it Mm -hmm. until uh, she had, I believe, a social worker within the prison who believed it and then informed um, the FBI Mm -hmm. to get involved. Um, Now, here's her theory. I will lay it out for you. She was a member of BDX. Mm Mm-hmm. She, on one of their trips, ended up in Colorado and stays there. She meets a man um, in Colorado who is not a great dude. Okay. Um, Known a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, he, they meet on a construction site. He, he moves <laughs> okay. in with her and they have a baby named Cinnamon. Okay. Okay. They, that was my neighbor's dog name, but sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They enter cinnamon in baby pageants. Okay. Oh, okay. I forgot that for a second, I forgot cinnamon was a baby. Yeah, yeah. She said dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Okay. So they, baby pageants. They enter cinnamon in baby pageants. They happen to be the same pageants that John Bonnet Ramsey is in. Literally the same pageants. Interesting. So they run in the same circles. They've seen the Ramses. They know the Ramses by sight. Now, she claims that this man who, and his last name is Foose, but spelled like F-U-S-S, which I was like, Fuss? That's, hmm. I know someone with that last name. Oh, really? Yeah. This yep. is, I mean, are they in Colorado? No, uh, <laughs> Wisconsin, but okay. sure. Uh, so Foose was leering at the older girls. So allegedly he was watching the girls in the slightly older age groups, like the five and six-year-olds. Creepy. And she was like, hey, that's weird. How would you feel if somebody did that to our daughter? And he told her to fuck off and mind her own business. Wow. <laughs> Which is the least convincing. So, I'm not a pedophile. Like, you this know. This is someone that he, she has had a baby with. Yes. That they live with. Oof. So this is yeah. her boyfriend. Like, this is this her boyfriend. This is just some guy. This is. This isn't just yeah. her boyfriend. This is her baby daddy. This is her baby daddy. Now, 
very important to note, at one point, she attempts to kill her baby daddy. That is why she is in prison for attempting to kill this man. Why did she try to kill him? Unrelated. What? Not really related to the case. Their relationship is fucking nuts. It's not even really covered in the documentary. Yeah. Now, she is now bl- she is now accusing him of killing John Bonet Ramsey as a contract killer for BDX because he specialized in breaking and entering. He was a locksmith or had locksmith skills. Okay. Which, to be honest, if you're going to be a criminal, best job. Pretty good skills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she says, I can prove all of this. So she sends the investigators to a shed, a storage container. Oh, God. Storage wars. And and what she says is... I'm hoping to find either some like vintage car parts or... That is exactly what they find in that storage oh shed. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> it's very important to the case because she's claiming that Foose had an accomplice, which is a guy who worked in a local junkyard... And who killed himself very shortly after the crime. Oh, my God. So she is claiming that they were partners in this contract killing and they met because he used to buy parts from the junkyard. What the fuck? So she leads them to the storage area where she's like, you're going to find proof of everything I've told you, including some extra car parts, you know, information (laughs) about cinnamon and the pageants or whatever. You're going to find What happened to her daughter? She ends up with Foose. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Living, I think, with his mother. Like, okay. it's, you know, it seems to be normal. I don't know. They don't delve. Um, yeah. So, they go to the storage shed. Mm-hmm. I like that you said uh, that they'll find the they'll find the evidence for the murder and some extra car parts, which makes me think that she was like, you'll find what you're looking for also, if you have like a '69 Firebird, it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty. There's pretty good parts in there. So they go to the storage shed. Word. They find the car parts. Okay. But they also find like Cinnamon's pageant certificates that mm-hmm. she won, and they can confirm that it is the same pageants as John Bonet. So so far, her story holds water. Okay. They also find a ton of books on like space travel, aliens. Some of them were Scott Carruthers, but then one of them specifically, they also find Dianetics and other Scientology materials. Okay. Yeah. So she claims that at the time of the murder, Foose was expecting a bunch of money to come through, and so was the guy in the junkyard, but she didn't know where that money was coming from. He had already put a down payment on a truck, claiming that he was going to pay for it at the first of the year, and then the money never happened Mm -hmm. right around the time of the murder because there was a ransom. Now, the ransom would have roughly equaled the amount of money that they were counting on coming in, allegedly. Okay. According to her. Now, the other one piece of evidence in the case is a flashlight that allegedly did not belong to the Ramseys, but was found in the house. According to a friend of the guy in the junkyard, his flashlight went missing (gasps) after. I remember this flashlight. This was a good (laughs) flashlight. It served me well, and it went missing. It's Uh, like a heavy-duty metal one. It's like cats, where it's like, you know, a lot of people don't give enough credit to flashlights. Yeah. So, his, the junkyard guy is obviously dead at this point. Mm -hmm. His friend from back in the day is convinced that he was involved. He's the one person they haven't been able to test DNA for. So, 
He could still be involved. Nobody knows. Mm -hmm. Now, at this point, Bernice claims that the reason he was trying to kill John Bonet was for Scott, that he was going to try and kidnap her to give to Scott. And the reason she gives for this is the ransom note, which has a lot of weird, like, small foreign faction, truth, victory. And it's signed Victory S-B-T-C. Victory is the allegedly dimension where Scott claims to have come from as an alien. Oh, and his middle name is Scott Brooke Truth Carruthers is what she claims. Now, where this falls apart is that Scott and Foos never met. We can't ever prove that they met or that they were at the same place at the same time. There's no connection to them. And who was running those messages? Kitty cats. Now, here is something interesting, though, because one of the things they do do in the documentary is they take that sign off Mm -hmm. and they talk to Scott's former business partners. And they were like, are you familiar with? And they were like, SBT. Oh, my God, it's Scott. Where they did recognize it. They were like, he did used to sign stuff off that way. Multiple people were like, yes, he did used to use those initials. But he never met Foose. He claims to have no idea about John Bonet or what happened. He was in a different state at the time. Yeah. So he couldn't have even written the ransom note. But Bonnie would have known that. Bernice would have known or, that. Or sorry, Bernice would have known that. This begins my case. Mm-hmm. Bernice is the killer. Oh, shit. Hear me the fuck out. And again, this is just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. The only thing that connects Scott to Foose is Bernice. Gotcha. And the only thing that can connect that ransom note to the crime is Bernice. Hear this out. Bernice was also at the pageants. She lived with Foose. He knew how to break and enter. It's possible he was her accomplice. Hmm. No one has tested Bernice's DNA, but she could have seen John Bonet and knew her. So it's possible she was involved. Maybe she was the one who was going to get money. Or she was just using Scott as a story for a ransom note. But if she wrote the ransom note, she could have used it to frame Scott because she's the only one that both knows the people who have allegedly committed this crime because she also went to the junkyard for car parts and knows Scott and would have known how he signed things off. She's the only way the theory works. I mean... Secondary theory... Go for it. I still think the brother, or I I still think the accidental death theory. Yeah. Secondary theory, Scott and Bernice committed the crimes together. Via cats? Via cats. That is how Scott was able to send the message and the signing, Victory S-B-T-C, stands for Scott and Bernice totally committed this crime. (laughs) Bam! I think Scott has nothing to do with it. Oh, yeah. And doesn't know anything about it. I think this is all bullshit. I think it was cats, honestly. I think think it was cats all the time. I think it was cat telepathy. Oh, jeez. But yeah, I think that the only way, quote unquote, Scott is involved, which is not at all, is I think Bernice used it as a theme for the ransom note. If, If at all. Bernice sounds like a bag of crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's all bullshit, but the only way it could 
potentially work as if she's the one who does. Is it. were 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 her daughter were Cinnamon and John Bonet directly competing, or were they different? No, age groups? different no. age groups because okay. wildly different age groups. Her her father uh, or the fa- her baby daddy would have been watching the older girls where John Bonet Ramsey was okay. while she was in the baby. Yeah, pageant. Cinnamon was in the baby pageant. She was only like one or two years old, like one year old. She wasn't even walking yet. She- why would you put a baby in a pageant at that age? Oh, oh she people. says that in the documentary. She says it was to meet other babies, which doesn't make any this is sense weird. at I all. Your like babies to meet fuck, other babies. It's the fucking weirdest shit They're I've ever heard. Barely immunized. What are you doing, I know. dummy? It's the closest thing babies have to prom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where they meet the love of their life. Life. Um, th- there is also, there have been a lot of theories that Patsy, JonBenet's mother, wrote the ransom note. I mean, who knows? Also, like other weird possible alternative theories, if we're just spitballing here. Sure. Is that Bernie or uh, Bernice? Yeah. So that Bernice and Foose had different motivations for conspiring to kidnap this baby girl. Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? Like, maybe Bernice is like, we'll get some money. And he that was is like, my thinking. I want to touch a little girl because I'm a fucking creep and I know how to break into places. But then his DNA doesn't match. But yeah. 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 So, I mean, like, there's just... Or maybe it's Bernice and the guy from the junkyard whose Ooh. DNA we haven't tested. All I'm saying is this documentary does a whole thing of like, it's definitely Foos and Scott in league together. And then it's like, no, it's not. It's physically impossible. Well, also it's fucking Scott's stupid. DNA would be in the system at this point. So they could just test Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Right? So- and he did submit to a DNA test and it does not match. Yeah. Yeah. But also he was in a different fucking state at the, at the time. Interesting. He was in Maryland while it was happening. Yeah. And he didn't know the Ramses. No connection. But Bernice... Connected to everybody. Okay. Just Damn. saying. Still believe the accidental death theory. But, yeah, of course. You know, yeah. Wow. I'm sure this will be in the Facebook group a whole ball of this theory, that theory, but yeah. Definitely. True Crime Garage just did a four parter on John Bonet, and I've been waiting to listen to it because I know that, like, it's just going to make me really upset. Like, unsolved murders when yeah. there's no, like, it just makes me, they make me very upset. And And here's the thing. John Ramsey seems to genuinely really want to know what happened to his daughter, yeah. which if it's the accidental death theory, he already knows, which right. why keep this going? But B, if it's not, if it is the intruder theory, which I will admit is possible. I'm not saying it's these exact people, but it is possible that there was an intruder. I want him to know. Yeah. yeah. Like, I want him to have the closure. Yeah. And and if it turns out and we can prove that it's an intruder theory, I will fully believe that theory. That's fine. But yeah. like this is not provable and I don't think Scott was involved at all. But it's just a weird extra tangent involved with his actual group and all the like 12 people he married. Well, just because just because I want to bring everything fully around, I have a couple more pitches for the perfect Annie show <laughs> to figure perfect. out. Perfect. Yes, exactly. The the perfect perfect uh, combinations perfect. to make a the perfect A and E show to find out who killed John Benet Ramsey. I got two more for you. Awesome. Um, yeah. I was thinking that we could use the first forty eight and flip <laughs> this house. <laughs> 
because they would be able to find shit that nobody else would find in the house. Yes. And uh, the first 48 uses their murder powers. I don't know what the show's about. They're just really good at solving murders. No, it's if they can't solve it within the first 48 hours, then it's probably going to be unsolved. Oh, whoops. That's accurate. That's exactly what happened. Well, then the first 48 and flip this house. If they can't solve the murder or flip this house within the first 48 hours... Uh, then it just goes unsolved. And finally, um, I'm going to go, man, I'm going to go based on everything that we've heard today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go three, three different shows. Combine them Ooh. to make the ultimate John mm-hmm. Benet Ramsey Hunter. The first one, the 2009 hit show, Celebrity Ghost Stories, just so that we can figure out where things are. Mm-hmm. Then... I want to use A&E investigates cults and extreme beliefs. So that, that show way, is wild. That way we can figure out what's in here. And then I'm going to put in, um, you know what? Just for good, just for good measure, buried treasure, which is a show about a guy named Barry. Oh, who finds from treasure. storage wars. Yep. Buried treasure. And then, uh, you know what? I'm going to break my own rules. Fourth one, Gene Simmons, family jewels. <laughs> Because I figure if there's anyone who would know about a dysfunctional family that probably wants to kill their children, it would be Gene Simmons. Yeah. And or anyone that would know a lot about weird exercise schemes from the early 90s. Exactly. True. So that is my perfect A&E uh, show. If you want to, if you want to combine two other A&E shows uh, to figure out which ones it was. I was trying to figure out if Honey Boo Boo was on A&E and I found out it's on TLC, which is called The Learning Channel. Which Mm -hmm. Learning what? Learning what now? Learning about different types of pimples from Dr. Pimple Popper. It's mostly learning a lot about trailer park culture. It's what TLC is about. I don't understand. I don't understand anything on TV anymore. Um, Well... Until we get this show uh, on A&E, we are officially sponsored through everyone on our Patreon. <laughs> yes. Uh, this week, what our episode... I don't know why I'm having such a problem talking. This week, our episode was brought to you in part by Squid. It just says, you can call me Squid. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> So he has a lot of suckers it, and a phallic face. Yeah. 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 And he can see at depths of up to 70 miles below. What is it? How many miles? I don't know why you expect us to know that. Yeah. <laughs> you get, Are you a giant squid? Or I don't know like why regular you're, squid? you're just assuming we know more about squids than you. Um, and then also that the squid has to be a boy. This person, I think, is does not I'm identify sorry, as squid. such. I'm sorry, Squid. You could identify. I guess Squids could be any sex. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really learn anything from school, but I will never forget the day I dissected a squid and an ink sac popped. Oh uh, my god! Yeah, so I'll, I learned not to do that. Your Did school you got to genes? dissect squids. Yeah, we had to dissect squids in school. How yeah. old were you? I was in high school. I only yeah. got to dissect a frog. We had fetal oh. pigs. And then if you got into anatomy, you had to dissect cats. And that's when I was like, I'm out. I can't. Anyway, well, hey, squid, fucking stay away from me because the only thing I know is stabby, stab, stab. Get out of here, Squidward. <laughs> you shouldn't dissect cats. They're the only way to get to the mothership. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't appreciate squids. Definitely. Uh, this is also sponsored by by the power of Grayskull, Kate <laughs> Millet. 
I don't know why I sounded like the guy who announces Saturday Night Live, but... By the power of grade schools, Kate Millett! Kenan Thompson! <laughs> and musical guest, Arcade Fire! <laughs> Featuring John Belushi and Squid Thanks! And cats for some reason. Not the musical, we just have a lot of cats. Here for I don't- it. I don't know if this helps anybody, but just in case you're wondering, squids also have gray skulls. So by the power of squid head. <laughs> squid skull. <laughs> by the power of squid skull. Kate Millett. Uh, wow, this was a long one. This episode of Ball Busting <laughs> has been brought to you by Perky Tits Bruce. <laughs> There's an aside. If you visit the UK, head south of London to Brighton. Okay, I need a map for this. Yeah. We've got the Royal Pavilion, the Pier, and two nudist beaches. In other words, we got crowns, donuts, and boobs. And apparently, the perkiest of tits. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. This sounds great. I'm- I can't wait f- for this treasure map to your treasure. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> When you get to the UK, 50 paces from London south will bring Triple you to... Triple X marks the spot. <laughs> You'll see a woman with tits as big as... Doubloons. Uh, oh, oh baloney barb. What are they called? Strong balls? I keep forgetting. Strong balls? What? what? The, the fucking the workout. <laughs> Str- strong puts. Strong, strong puts. puts. You'll see a woman with like tits. Like shot puts, but strong. You'll see a woman with tits the size of strong puts. Well, it depends on what weight well, is strong. Bruce uh-huh. is a man, and I think he's just bragging about his endowment upstairs. Which Unless I'm really Bruce upset. is the last talking, name. I'm just talking mm. about his... The the directions to the uh, to the nudist colony to the nudist colony. Did you get to the a new tattoo beach. that I don't know about? I did get a new tattoo. Oh, yes. Okay, sorry. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> you were gesturing, and I was like, "What's that one?" Oh yeah, I just get them sometimes now. Okay, at nudist colonies, if you have donuts, do you play a game where you try and <laughs> <laughs> it's like a horseshoe situation? <laughs> And then the number of donuts you get is like you get a prize, which is less sand in your butt crack. I don't know. The way you can tell the balls apart is that the pee ball is frosted (laughs) with rainbow sprinkles and the cum ball is like one of those sugar ones. I just like I don't. Okay, now I want donuts. I know. Right. Full disclosure. I love being naked. Yeah, me too. In my house and there are not strangers. I'm fully nude all the time. Fully nude at all times. Unless it's cold. Dude, I went to the fucking casino and I had the nicest room and immediately, because I drove for seven hours straight when we got to the first casino after driving the previous day, 12 hours straight. So I had driven forever and then I finally get my own room and the first thing I did was just close off, close off, just laying in a bed, just rolling around in a king size <laughs> bed. Just naked. And uh, Billy, our friend Billy Anderson, who was trying to uh, tried to get inside of the room to tell me something, and I just yelled at him, you don't want to come in. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd like to go just hang squid at this fucking UK. <laughs> but, okay, I'm real quick. down. Hold on, because you're brown. Yeah. I have questions. Like, because... London, a lot of you are some white folks. There's yeah. also a lot of brown people there. Yeah. Like, a okay. lot. They're a bit pretty, as my understanding. They're way more a... diverse than us most yeah. of the time. I want to know, 
Do you sunscreen your knob? And if so, does it hurt? <laughs> I have a question. Do you sunscreen, sunscreen your, your knob? knob? I gotta Google but it. But what if you have feel- sunburn because it doesn't get enough light? You have no melanin like build up there, so like you you can't just be outside all day in the hot summer sun nude. I would imagine that you'd have to sunscreen your knob. I have questions. Anyway, <laughs> and your cash and prizes. Did you just Google do you sunscreen your knob? <laughs> <laughs> a naturist explains how to uh, how to correctly apply sunscreen onto your dick. <laughs> oh my god, let's see. Uh, and mosquito bites. If there are mosquitoes. Unless you're a naturist, you've probably never had to ask yourself the following question. How do I rub sunscreen on my dick without looking like a pervert? On the one hand, if you're <laughs> before you leave the house, if the you're going to lay out in the sun with swim trunks on, your dick will be exposed to UV rays that will definitely burn it to a crisp. Oh my god! Is it the, like that scene in Game of Thrones? This is so long. <laughs> this entire article is about the correct way to put sunscreen on your knob. Because if you don't do it correctly, you could just be like jerking it, and people would be like, "Hey, you're jerking it," and you'd be like, "I'm just putting sunscreen on, dog." What I are you just talking about? Care about my knob. I'm not going to hang a squid and turn it into calamari. Are you kidding me? <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> if you... Old Nicky Manab over here. No. Nicky Manab. If what about you, your lady bits? Because I know some that's pe- what I'm saying. people it's be so sunning their bee holes. Well, that's, so that's when I Googled. The first thing that I Googled... I, I have had a, a sunburn on my butt before, and it was very <laughs> uncomfortable. That's very funny. I, um... The first thing that I, I Googled was, do nudists sunscreen their genitals? That okay. is what I actually did. But all of the results are about sunscreening your dick. None of them are about anything Women. else. In fairness, like, most of us is, like, the part that hurts is inside. So, like, just don't get it inside and you're probably good. Yeah, but, I would yeah. say on top, on the mons pubis, if you will, you should mm, probably science. sunscreen it if you don't have hair there. Especially, yeah, hair can probably help. Maybe they grow it out. But you definitely have to put sunscreen on your nipples. Oh, That'd my be God. An- oh. Chap City, baby. Ooh, Chap City, bitch. Chap, Chap City tits. <laughs> Nudist- sunburn, sunburns on my nippies tits. <laughs> Nudist penis tans are like zebras. The skin is all wrinkled, flaccid. The tops of the wrinkles tan. And the hidden skin stays lighter. So when you are someplace appropriate for an erection, you will have a zebra tan. That's hilarious. What if, what if you're uncut? Ooh. I think the... Because you, you're not walking around the beach with a raging heart on, I would hope. I think by the nature of penises, even when they're not erect, they're still kind of like bunched up, right? Well, yeah, and like so everyone's going to have a zebra, but if yeah. you're uncut, you might have like a zebra and then just like a like pale a tip. Yeah. <laughs> Looking like a lightsaber out here. All right. <laughs> Anyway, if uh, if you like this show and you want to help support us and you like this discussion. And you're discussion, somehow still listening to the end of this episode. If you're, hey, you're at home hanging out, just you, hanging squid. You know, <laughs> I, uh, if you, but. Hanging and squid's if, the best. If you've got, if you want to help us make more this then you can go to uh, patreon.com slash cult podcast for just five dollars a month you get access to our bonus show the speculation zone as well as a shout out on the show where this can happen to you yeah um we also have a live show coming up 
in uh i think just under two weeks we will be in kansas city missouri doing uh doing panic fest doing panic fest 2020 we're fucking we're back in it we're we're there isn't we're, it? we're back in the trap we're back on our bullshit back on our bullshit it's gonna be a lot of fun you can go to cultpodcastshow.com and at the top you will see a banner that says get tickets for the panic show flyer um it's super easy to do you can click on it it's got all the information and then you can follow it to a link where tickets are just ten dollars get your tickets now i know that they're selling uh pretty well and you don't want to wait yeah they're selling even faster than last year so and last year we sold out so if you don't have it yet I would attempt to get it as soon as possible. Don't rely on being able to get them at the door. Yes. Come and get it. Yep. And if you're going to be in Kansas City the night before on January 24th, uh, Paige Wesley and I will be doing a show at Barrel of the Bottoms, uh, which is in Kansas City. We will both be doing, uh, I believe, 20 to 30 minutes, probably closer to 20, doing some stand-up with uh, some local comedians. Should be fun. Yeah. Uh, Information on that I will also post in the... I'll just post that on the Facebook group. So so if you you can go to our website too, join the Facebook group or any of our social media, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and all of that shit. Um, I will also be present but not doing stand-up, so... If you want to come sit with me, hang out, maybe if you're the person that was at the last stand-up show we did in Kansas City. Oh, Lindsay, yeah. And you want to bring chocolates that you've handmade. Oh, yeah. no, that was that other lady. I oh, wouldn't those be were mad. The, were those chocolates or caramels? They were caramels. They were caramels, and they were one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. And if you're that listener, please come back, and please come <laughs> hang out with me so that we can eat caramels through all of our Mondo and Pages stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and hey, look, if you've got a better fucking idea of what Annie shows could be combined to find <laughs> who murdered John Panay Ramsey, uh, then you should get at me on all of the social media at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M A N D O Does Stuff. And if you are in the Bay Area this week, I will be on Tuesday at uh, Tacos Oscar. Um, Thursday the 16th, I'll be doing uh, Café du Nord for SF Sketchfest. Uh, Friday the 17th, I'll be doing the California Academy of Sciences uh, on a show with uh, Paul F. Tompkins from BoJack Horseman and uh, several other (laughs) I love the 80s. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'll also be at the Hourglass Room that same day. There's a bunch of shows. You know what? I'm just going to save you some time. Just go to Mondo Does Stuff uh, on Instagram or Twitter or MondoDoesStuff.com. Okay. Love you. Bye. Graphic. Uh, hey, Andrea here. You know me sometimes, kind of. Fuck, I fucked this up again. <laughs> I gotta start over. I don't know who I am anymore. Who am I? Um, uh, hey guys, Andrea here. Uh, I don't have any shows coming up, but if you follow me on Instagram at Andrea Gazetta and you want a sweet little painting of a koala, I will be doing a raffle. Uh, coming up this next week, I'll, I'll have details on Instagram and I'll post the image of it, but I'm going to paint a cute little baby koala and raffle it away to anyone who donates to the wildlife thing to save the koalas. I'll put links and stuff on Instagram. So follow me on Instagram and look forward to that. I love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Uh, on February 2nd, I will be doing a longer set at Flapper's YooHoo Room. Shit. It's a Sunday. And I think it's an earlier show at like 5 p.m. So if you're one of those working types who don't like to stay out late, 
that show is for you. And then on February 11th, I am roast battling Jay Light. Nice. nice. It's going to be pretty great. Milk toast himself. Milk toast himself. Like if John Bonet was an adult, but also a dude that's super into yoga and has a giant lion tattoo. <laughs> Uh, and for me, if you want to send me your John Bonet theories, I am very opening open mm-hmm. to hearing them, especially if they involve Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Where can people send those? Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm distracted because my hands hurt. Uh, <laughs> you can send those to at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. Cool. And if you like our show, you can follow us on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. You can also send us an email to Colt Podcast Show at gmail.com. Or if you have pieces of evidence that need to be tested for DNA in the John Bonet Ramsey case, you can send them to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like, like the, the Shining. Shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. If you have evidence for an active murder case, do not send it to us. <laughs> Please send it to the police. Please yeah. send it to the police. Um, um, unless send, it's the JonBenet Ramsey one. Yeah, no. that one's fine. I don't think it's still active. And if it is fine, fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> we need to get on A&E somehow. We need our edge. <laughs> Um, and if you want more information about the show, about tickets, about anything that you've heard so far, you can go to cultpodcastshow.com. And I think for this one, I'm going to say, don't drink cat piss. Ooh. It sounds yes. disgusting. Mm. And don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. <laughs>